1: From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood side, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, an accomplished and uh, downright beloved comedian, the host of the You Made It Weird podcast, and most importantly, the star of the television comedy series Crashing, whose season finale airs Sunday night on HBO.
2: Hello, and welcome Pete Holmes. Hello. That was wonderful. Did you write that to time out? So when you said your name, the music oh, changed. I love it. When I nail that, it usually you doesn't nail it. Like that. You nailed it. I'm very impressed. I'm I'm a little bit impressed with myself. You should be impressed. And I'm also impressed. Mitch Hedberg used to have a joke about uh, sinking a pool ball like mm-hmm. without uh, meaning to. And acting like you meant to? Yeah. I feel like I saw you do that a little bit. You did. You, I can actually, I actually feel the little endorphin spike
1: of mailing the, the post or whatever That's that what is. That's what
2: we had. That was perfect.
1: In radio parlance. Yeah, we're off to a good start here. Yeah. Congratulations on the TV show. Everybody loves Thank it. Thank you.
2: I appreciate that very much.
1: It is a show that, among other things, celebrates the lean years of being an up-and-coming comedian. I would say so. Um. I was at an open mic last night. What's so good about that? <laughs> nothing. <laughs>
2: I mean, everything and nothing. Well, in
1: hindsight, that's, I said tragedy plus time equals comedy.
2: Absolutely, right? I would call that redemption. Is is looking back on these pa- painful things? Wives leaving. My wife left me. Mm-hmm. Open miking. I did open mics. Handing out flyers, I barked for the Boston Comedy Club. All that stuff is real. And while I was doing it, I had a good attitude about the barking and the open mics. Uh, certainly the wife leaving was painful. But um, now when I look back, I'm like, oh, wow, that was that was the best story of my life. That's what That's what's so exciting about crashing, and that's what's so exciting about getting a season three, is this really is my shot to tell my most interesting story, which is what happens when a wife leaves, and you're kicked into New York, and you're homeless, and you're starting out, and you're, like you said, what did you say? The lean years? Yeah. that's. I, those are the interesting years. Doesn't it just sort of make you
1: think? Sort of leads me to the conviction that what we all ought to be doing with our lives is taking on incredibly difficult but basically attainable goals. I'll mm. use the example of a marathon. hmm Because... It's just sort of a given. You will hate training for it. You Mm -hmm. might not enjoy the event. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. But then you'll get to live the rest of your life looking back and going, that was amazing that I did that. What are any of us doing when we are not torturing ourselves for some future payoff?
2: That's the greatest good. Right, absolutely. And stand-up is a wonderful way to do that. For some reason, as human beings, it feels really, really good to grind at something and watch your progress unfold very, very slowly. So I have to imagine I, I'm not athletic at all. I am wearing a Lululemon, but it's mostly to tell people, relax. I'm not a dangerous person. I assume uh, you could do some poses if you had to. I could. I could do a little down dog, absolutely. But there's something, that's life, man, is, is suffering and then giving it meaning. And that's a, that's a good story, too. And that's what I think is what makes Crashing interesting is my character, I hope, is resisting his calling. He knows we were talking about star wars off off the air, mm-hmm. and we were talking that it 's similar in that Luke you know is watching the double sunset i 'm talking about a new hope he 's watching that he feels a call to something out yeah. in the galaxy and mm-hmm. it 's in his blood. he wants to do something great, but he 's dragging his feet his aunt and uncle are then smoked. <laughs> You know, he comes home.
1: That makes the decision a little more easy. And
2: the blue milk and everything's on fire. Yeah. Uh, that is what happened when I found out my wife was leaving me. It's the last thing you wanted to happen. Uh, Luke wanted to have more blue milk in the morning with those people. Yeah, he seemed to enjoy farming. He liked farming a little bit. The <laughs> power
1: he, converters. He found meaning in this.
2: Exactly. Droids and what have you. It's hard to leave the village. Right. But when I did, that's when you started the, the intoxication of like even doing open mics. And I love telling people, you need to follow your dreams, but you need to follow your dreams. Follow the dream that's also following you. So if you're doing an open mic and you hate every moment of it, uh, it might not be for you. I'm not saying that to you, obviously. You can suffer through them and know objectively this sucks. But there needs to be a quiet part of you that goes like, it's another drop in the bucket that i'm really trying to fill that really means something for me to fill and that is one of the greatest privileges of my life is having known what i wanted to do since i was in like sixth grade oh that's great yeah i mean i mean i didn't know that there was such a thing as comedians but i was like i like shooting silly videos i like joking around and that's the sort of Essence—that's the golden heart that you're trying to hold on to when you're in a 14-hour day shooting a TV show. You're trying to remember soft braces, rubber bands, girl, girlfriendless, lonely weirdo Pete, who would spend his summers with his GI Joes doing stop-action smoke bomb videos. You're trying to hold on to him because he's very excited. Grown-up, you might be like, "We gotta get this before the, 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 we're losing the sun." Eight-year-old, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old, sixteen-year-old Pete thinks what I do is the coolest, and I try, I try to honor him.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and I like that spirit that comes up in the show. There's a clip I think from season one where you're like, "Can you guys believe we get to go up on stage yeah. and tell jokes in New York City tonight?" And and it's I've had this conversation true. with like, I, uh, like five guests recently. Mm. That's the way. Why would you how how could you ever be what what propels you to keep getting up and doing comedy or whatever? if you don't have that feeling of yeah. it, it sucked doing open mics and it sucked writing this and it sucked driving here and it sucks the job that I have to try to support my dream but I'm walking into the comedy store yeah. right now. Yeah. If that sucks too, like yeah. maybe you're in the wrong line of work except all those people are making their money from this.
2: I know. One of my favorite like there's a there's a guru that I love in from India and he said, Enjoy everything. Mm-hmm. And I really think there's something to that. I, I yeah. tell myself that all the time. Even enjoy the shitty job and enjoy the shitty commute and enjoy try. Try to find the part of you That's watching how bad it is and giggling and try and rest in that part of you. Don't get too lost in the drama of how bad an open mic is. Try and observe it. And that's what crashing is. We're we're retelling the story. But even as it's happening, you're trying to go like, man, this is so bad. It's almost kind of circling back to good. But then when I was in New York, I thought just doing comedy in Manhattan was making it. You know what I mean? I think you're right. And I think he was right, too. Yeah. (laughs) I have to talk about him like he's a different person. You you get older and you have different goals and new goals and new ideas of what success or, or what the next achievement might be. But at the time, people, this is real, thought that I was on drugs. They accused me all the time of being on drugs. There was a rumor that I was on uppers because I was like, guys, there would be like, Ten people, maybe, would go up at one thirty in the morning after handing out flyers for five hours. And it was the wrong ten people. No offense to those audiences. They were bad. They were drunk. They just didn't want to go anywhere. They just sat through two and a half hours of comedy. It's too much. And then the Barkers would get to go up. But I would walk home. If I did a new joke that worked... Or if I just maintain composure. Like, you're not going to do well. Right. Like, talk about open mics. You're not going to do well. No. But the game then, if you're not going to get laughs, the game is, can you go on stage and stay sure-footed? Can you not let them win? Can you not let fear win? That's 100%. That's 100% what it is. That's the game. Mm -hmm. You're not going for laughs. Anybody listening that's interested in comedy, when you do an open mic, the game is a game of chicken. And you're going up and you're like, I'm having fun. I like my jokes. That's when I started laughing at my own stuff on stage was I was like, no one else is laughing. I'm I'm not trying to twist your arm to laugh. I'm just inviting you to laugh at what I'm laughing I at. I got a pretty good party going on and yeah, the door's open. You can come in if you want and if you don't that's okay. Yeah. And that's attractive. Desperation isn't attractive. So I go up and I'm just trying to have a fun time. And and that's the name of the game. And then I would walk home if I did any of that, new bit or stu- stood my ground. I would I've never done cocaine. I've never done most drugs, but I would feel as high as a kite. Like the highest I've ever felt. I'd get I'd have to go wait for the F train to I lived in Park Slope at the time. You're looking at like an hour commute at that hour, or two in the morning. Yeah. You're gonna wait for the train for thirty minutes at least. Yep. And I was sky high. Like so high that I had to act I had to remind myself to act normal to people. Like if someone said something to me, I'd yeah. be like, Be cool. They don't know.
1: <laughs> okay because i was with you until you said that that is what that, do you mean well that right you can you can be high on life yeah to the extent that you need to like hide it from your mom kind yeah, of yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> like,
2: it's your mom totally act normal everything's yeah, yeah. fine you know yeah. that's
1: wow well good for you i'm glad that you not
2: are, always. You wired that way no I understand. Not always. I understand but then you get into it that that's why that was a season one pete moment mm-hmm. then you and i know this is probably where you're at too it's like because it's where i am you start trying to find the artful balance in your life. You start doing something extraordinary, going up and doing stand-up, so often that it becomes normal. And then the game becomes getting laughs, certainly, but then also maintaining that joy. I just kind of alluded to the fact that when I'm shooting Crashing, it's a challenge to stay in the moment and stay happy because it's it's difficult. It's not easy to do. Yeah. So you, even though it's your dream come true, just like stand-up is, you have to find the part of you that thinks it's all kind of silly and you're kind of giggling at it. Otherwise, you start taking it seriously and and then you are like have a headache because some the other actor doesn't know their lines and now, now you're grumpy and screaming at somebody for a latte. I, I don't do that, but you have to work at that.
1: Well, I think you also have to, and this is maybe a, a pessimistic way of looking at it, you have to live in the future where someday you might, HBO might not be willing to make television shows with you and you I don't know how many people I've met who had a a run of success who had some internal or professional issue at the time and they didn't they weren't only famous or or, or like hot for doing the thing that they wanted to be doing forget fame for 18 months right and they didn't and now they got to live with that like at least enjoy it.
2: Totally. Right. Enjoy everything. <laughs>
1: so, as you said, so the show started off being very autobiographical. I know that you've gotten kind of beyond the events that ha- happened in your life, at least to some extent. But I also know that you have uh, a writer's room, and a lot of this, it, it, basically, how much of your show is made up, and how much of it is this happened to you, or this happened to Greg Fitzsimmons yeah. in the writer's room one time, or Greg knows a guy this happened to one time?
2: Right. Is right. this just a collection of comedian anecdotes put to a story arc? It's so funny. There was like that rumor that Jay Leno. In his book, leading with my chin, he has all these incredible road stories. I don't even. I think this might be true. I'm not sure. I think and he I was read like, that that he just bought everyone else's best stories because I, I don't think it was dirty. He paid them for it. Yeah, but then you know he puts them all in this book. But the as stories weren't very
1: good. He should have paid somebody. else. Uh, there was one about. No, I read the book. There's one. I about, read the
2: book too. Any book about up. Wait,
1: come on. There was the book about the refrigerator that moved.
2: Yeah, there was the strip club where people were wearing miners' helmets. Do you remember that? I one? don't remember that. Pitch one. black room. But they had miner's helmets so you could see where everyone was looking. So they were like shining at tits and stuff. Can you say tits? Yeah, say whatever (laughs) you like.
1: I remember he made a hamburger and his mom watered down the ketchup and it ruined his hamburger. Were these really the the, the best (laughs) anecdotes on on the open market?
2: Apparently he bought that story from Jerry Seinfeld. It's crazy. He paid him No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) He paid him 10 grand for the watered down ketchup story. So maybe it's not true. I don't want want to perpetuate that rumor without confirmation. But um, The first season was far more inspired by real stuff. And as we go, there's more and more episodes that are like, well, that happened to me, that happened to me. Like Jamie Lee, who plays my girlfriend uh, in the second season, she did a Conan episode where she was so nervous and she wanted to look really good that she got a spray tan. This is her story, by the way. And then she... Wasn't convinced it was dark enough. So day of the taping, got another spray tan. And you can look look it up to this day. Her first Conan appearance, she looks like a carrot. It's crazy. (laughs) She looks like Conan's hair. They match. It's really, (laughs) really insane. So when we were in the writer's room, Jamie's in the writer's room. um, We're talking about all these things that can happen when you have your first TV spot. And that led to a completely fictional episode that deals with a very true feeling, which is jealousy. Pete is jealous that one of the Barkers gets a spot on a TV show doing stand up. Of course. And Pete is, this is just so normal. You have to learn how to cope with intense feelings of rage and jealousy when people who you think stink get things that you've, in your mind, have been working hard for and deserve more than them. Obviously, uh, I feel like you need to put those feelings out of your mind. Keep your head down. Don't be a dick. Just focus on, control what you can control. I I just said it on the last interview I did today. It's like control what you can control. You can't control the opportunities other people get. Just be as funny as you can be on stage. Be as nice as you can be. Keep your head down. Don't expect anything. Just do the work. And good things will come your way. Because the people that I know that like spent a lot of their psychic energy, just mental energy, hating on others, they all quit. They're all not doing comedy anymore. I've been doing comedy for 15, 16 years now. So I can watch. I have the data. I've seen the haters and they all fade away because it kills them. It's I, I call it comedy cancer. It kills them because, I, like, I started with Aziz and Aziz shot up so fast. Right. There were people that were, like, hating on Aziz. They couldn't stand Aziz. And I was also jealous of Aziz. And then I remember, like, I had to break from a group because I was like, instead of spending four hours talking about how he's getting things he doesn't deserve— in their opinion, I should just be working on my own, sh- uh, own shit. So anyway, that led to a story about Porter, who's a character on Crashing, one of the, uh, Henry Zebrowski, who's hilarious. He's yeah, he's been barkers. on the show. I love that guy. One of the funniest people ever. His Netflix half hour is so funny. He's so good. Yeah. He's so funny. I'm so glad. Characters, That is that yeah, what you mean? exactly. He's so funny. Um, And we had Pete go with him to the taping, and Henry decides to shave his beard. So that is an extension of, Of Jamie getting two spray tans. Henry shaves his beard, at my character's suggestion. And then that leads to this whole anxiety explosion. So now, Greg Fitzsimmons, uh, Emily Gordon, Jamie Lee, um, I I always sometimes blank, Solomon... Uh, I always get so many terrific world class comedians in your writers room who can keep them all straight. (laughs) I know. But, you you know, you do come in a lot of them like like Jay Larson was in. You have Brent Sullivan was in. You have some of these guys come in. And the way our writers room works is sometimes we just shoot the shit. We're just the way that I, I wouldn't put it this cruelly to them. But their their stories inspire me to have reminds me of something that I did so I can have some sort of emotional anchor to it Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be stuck in a scene that I can't feel and I don't want to write a script that I can't feel. So they might say something like spray tan. I'm like, I get that. Even though my example, which is true, the first time I did TV, I couldn't stop clearing my throat. That's true. I cleared my throat so much backstage and I'm not like a nervous tick person. I really felt something in my throat. Couldn't get it. Almost lost my voice because I was clearing my throat so much. Uh, and then afterwards it was gone because it was all just nerves. It was just adrenaline took it away. Yeah. So I related to Jamie's story and then we can write that. Um, but a lot of the times their ideas will res- make me think of something. And then this is what's funny. I'm not the, the hot shot of the show. Then my ideas blended with their ideas give Judd an idea. It's really what the game is.
1: Oh, that's funny. Like
2: I go and I pitch him something I've yeah. learned by now. And this is a beautiful lesson I never get too attached to anything. I can have a, an episode sometimes I have episodes written. I'll just be so inspired i'll write the episode and then I'll say it to Jen I'll be like something this, 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 and this and then he'll he'll be like, uh he'll have some genius like slight twist to the left that makes the episode so much better, but also scraps everything that we've worked on so now I know. Their ideas give me ideas. My ideas give Judd ideas. Right, and then we make Judd's ideas. It's like, (laughs) which is a blend of all three of those ideas.
1: It's like a was it Rube Goldberg? I always get my the the, the contraptions where like like the beginning of Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh yes, like where the thing opens the egg and then that makes the thing fall over, like
2: mousetrap. Right. I'm flip the man in the pan. Judd is lower the trap on the mouse.
1: (laughs) Do do you feel like we kind of already touched on this? But I often find. In radio, that particularly like the other show that I'm on is a little bit more. I hate to use the word, but like shock jockey kind of stuff. Yeah, it's sort of taken for granted that it's like broken people who are doing this for a living, and it's also a very similar thing in comedy. I don't think you are lying. I, I, I you present yourself as a not broken person, as a yeah. whole human being, and I don't think that that's a clever ruse for
2: how broken you really are. <laughs> yeah, sure. Isn't no, it, I am. Is, I, okay. I, I'm broken. I'm not trying to. Uh... I, I, I'm at peace with my brokenness. Is okay. that your question? I guess so, yeah. I, I'm writing a book right now, and it's right. a, it's like a memoir. I would like to ask you about that. Yeah, and it's, it's a spiritual memoir, mm-hmm. and then the more I'm writing it, the more I'm realizing there's potential for it to be about the things that my podcast is about, which is comedy, sex, and God. Because as I dig deeper, I'm really uncovering why I got religious and why I got religious had a lot to do with sexual shame. I'm straight, but I still was... Like, Christianity will make you ashamed of whatever you got. You know what I mean? Like, we'll take... Even though I'm the majority, straight, white, male, we'll find a way to make you ashamed of your love of boobies. You know what I mean? And and you'll feel really bad about it. So I... You know, I had parents that argued a lot. Um, Nobody spoke each other's language. I felt like the only one that could hear my mother and I was the only one that could hear my father. Oh, wow. I was the only one that could hear my brother and none of them could hear each other. So I would sit at the table and this I hope hope this is what makes me a good comedian is I listen to the audience very intently. I'm interpreting them in the same way that I interpreted family dinners. Like I'm trying to... Keep the ball going and keep the laughs coming because if I didn't, they would fight. And when they fought, it was like Greek gods. It was like the the house was shaking. We'd just go up to our rooms, close the door, but you'd still hear it. It was Mm -hmm. traumatic stuff. You know, people on my podcast sometimes apologize for having mild trauma because right now I'm having that flare up where I'm like, yeah, people got beat, people got abused, people this, people were whatever, uh, impoverished, whatever it might be. But I say on my podcast all the time, your shit is your shit. Yeah, And when you're a kid, that's your shit. You don't compare it to other people's shit. And it traumatizes you. So acknowledging other people having it worse, I still had parents that fought. And I kind of learned to keep the peace. And I learned to keep the peace by being what I think you probably are seeing is this kind of put together, like, happy-go-lucky guy. That is real. That is where my personality skews. There's footage of me as a kid, camcorder stuff. You can see this is a sweet boy, right? But then I realized I got love By putting out fires, keeping the laughs going in the family. And then I got loved by being good. And then when your sexuality comes in and you're horny as fuck, you repress it. So I had like a lot of like repression going on. Like I wanted to be having sex. I wanted girlfriends. I wanted all the stuff that goes with that. But I didn't think it was appropriate. I didn't think it was okay to feel how I felt. So this is how you, that's the pressure cooker wherein you cook a comedian. He's not only at odds with his family and feeling a lot of tension, that I had a bald spot on the side of my head because I was so stressed out by high school and my family and all this stuff.
1: I got one in in the back. Really? I I
2: thought I was going bald. My sister was like, do you know that you're going bald? I was sitting in the
1: passenger passenger seat of a car, and she's like, do you know you're going bald? And you can, I mean, we both have very bald. We
2: have got. We've got thick hair, or we're lucky.
1: We've got a lot of things in common. It's interesting. I had a, a not identical situation in my household when my parents. And they never argued. They never had a substantial argument. They still haven't. They're still they, they're still bickering at one another. Yeah, over,
2: they're like the Seinfeld
1: parents. Yeah, yeah, you
2: know? yeah, the Costanzas. Yeah, or his parents. No, the Costanza parents. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and they love each other. To, I mean, they don't. If one of them goes away for a night, the other one can't sleep. Uh-huh. But that doesn't stop them from constantly being at each other for any right that's just codependence
2: my parents are like that too I guess that's not love that's that's desperation but (laughs) not for your parents don't don't ruin my Uh, life no 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 I'm not diagnosing you I I see that with my parents too and I kind of want to be like oh they do love each other but I'm also like I also just think they're stuck Oh, why am I telling you this? Oh, what's the difference? (laughs) Well, we're sharing sharing here. What's the difference? They're
1: old Christian people. I mean, I'm Catholic. Are you also that way? So I was raised, we have this in common, I was raised very, very Catholic. I just didn't get this bit of it that so many other people seem to get. Nobody, I don't recall anybody telling me to be ashamed of sex. It wasn't like encouraged. It certainly wasn't. Like I feel like people tell me sometimes that like, certain types of uh, Judaism. Yeah. Very open, embrace sex. That's right. not the way. We grew up in a household where it was so not talked about that I kind of felt free to do whatever because the subject was never going to be broached. Did right. you actually get the whole, like, if you touch yourself, you go blind thing? I think that's thing? very
2: interesting that... You're bringing up something that I haven't considered, which is the degree to which I was manufacturing my own shame. Mm-hmm. So I think Church might have given me the backdrop. They're good for that. And also I did a little bit of workshopping on my own. It is weird to touch your wanger and have like fluids shoot out of you. That's just like a strange, it's an alien experience. The first time you do it.
1: I remember it fondly.
2: Really? I, was watching, I remember. I was, I was watching Hard Bodies. That's hilarious. I was alone and I tried to stop myself from coming. <laughs> Because I was like, "This isn't natural," and I tried to like clench. I think I did kind of stop myself. It's
1: in like the first ten pages of the Bible. They're talking about seeds left and right.
2: I know there's a lot of. Well, that's the only verse I remember that was kind of about uh, about masturbating. Was oh, that, don't let it fall. Onan, yeah, right. Onanism, mm-hmm. which was pulling out. It wasn't jerking off. It was pulling out because there was a biblical. There was an understanding that if your brother dies in battle, your brother has to impregnate his widow. So his bloodline continues. Oh, I missed that verse. And Onan used to spill his seed. There's like Christian jokes about naming your parrot Onan because he's always spilling his seed. It's a funnier, it's one of the funnier Bible that's verses. A great, that's a great
1: comedy scene. But,
2: <laughs> but there's nothing. there's nothing really too directly in the Bible about jerking off. And believe me, I scoured for it. So I had my own shame going. And, you know, and it was reinforced a couple times. Like, I remember somebody in my youth group telling me that, like, we were technically virgins because we jerked off. Like, you kind of are having sex with yourself. Uh, it kind of got an angle. And we thought we were going to hell because of that. So there was a lot of trauma. The more I dig, the more I realize I was putting on a, a front. And the the journey of becoming a comedian was learning to be more honest about what I wanted, who I was, and not what was expected of me, which is the journey I think all of us are going on. It's like, what do people want you to be and what are you really and can you reconcile those two things and comedy is a great way to do it mm-hmm. and you are people can watch
1: you relive that journey in a hilarious fashion on your HBO TV show Crashing I love talking to you I wish we could talk more but I do have to let you go oh Greg Fitzsimmons, is, Greg, Fitzsimmons is, Greg Fitzsimmons is mean mugging me outside uh-huh. is he really <laughs> no, no 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 that's hilarious uh, let's remind everybody Crashing is this on Sunday. HBO yeah the season finale this Sunday uh, 10.30 Eastern which is 7.30 Pacific and then again on On the west coast, you have been and will presumably continue to be. Pete Holmes coming up next on the Tully Show. Comedian Ian Bag, stick around. Ooh, Ian! Yeah, he's great, isn't he? He's great. This is the Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, a Canadian-born comedian you have seen on Last Comic Standing, and who is performing this weekend at the Brea Improv here in beautiful Southern California. Hello and welcome, Ian Bag. Hello to the world. Um, or yeah, whatever <laughs> select scattered members might be listening. Yes. So when I looked at your biography before you agreed to come on, three letters jumped out at me, and I wonder if you can guess what three letters those would be.
0: TNT. Fight.
1: Fight. (laughs) It was really weird that you listed all of your favorite ACDC songs, but I respected it. No, those letters are um, MXP. Oh, nice. I love it. Okay. I don't know if everybody knows what MXP is, but I owned two copies of the DVD. Really? I'm assuming we're talking about Most Extreme Primate. We are
0: talking about Most Extreme Primate.
1: Okay. How about
0: MVP The Deuce Part 2? Does that make any... Was that...
1: M- most valuable. Oh. Prime aid. So he, now he was just skiing? He, wasn't no, he, was, playing, he, was, playing, he was playing hockey. I see. Yeah. Pull the microphone a little bit closer Sorry. to your mouth. Oh, I see. I he guess that playing, makes sense.
0: Huh? I was trying to look at you and talk into the microphone.
1: No, I only do obstructed views. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like a You're the Boston <laughs> Gardens night my show. It's like yeah, yeah, it, it. yeah, attending and sitting in the cheap seats of the Staples Center. That's right. <laughs> so, what did you So, most extreme primate is about uh the most radical uh, monkey of all time. He snowboards.
0: He snowboards in it uh he gets a snowboarding deal. Uh I play a bad guy and me and my Cohort come up with the idea that we'll kidnap the chimpanzee and make money off him Naturally, naturally. So uh, hilarity ensues. How I was... think I dress up as a woman in that. <laughs> haven't uh, seen it in a while. It's been a couple years, but uh, I think I, I dress up as a woman. I I I, I do some skiing. Uh, I do. Uh, I end up in a huge snowball. I remember that. Uh, yeah, it's this it's, all sounds about right. Yeah. Did you
1: spend much time around the monkey? Yes. That- yes,
0: uh, I actually. So I did the two movies with them. So I I spent a lot of time with them. Obviously,
1: you made a, a shit ton of money for the sequel once, well, once just, the first one had been a worldwide oh, smash. Now you now you've got them over a barrel. I got,
0: I got I got I got Long Beach money, baby. <laughs> uh, um, it, it, it was I, the monkey made all the money. Let's be honest, but they, they paid him in fruit roll ups. <laughs> so it was it was that was how he'd, they'd work him. He'd have two lawn chairs set up and then there would be a fruit roll-up on the second lawn chair that he had to get to. That's how they would do a scene with him. And I got caught many times just falling at a character and staring at a monkey and getting yelled at because I've ruined a scene. But I don't care what they say. When you work with a chimpanzee, you stare at the chimpanzee doing human things.
1: Yeah, you say for the moment. Yeah.
0: The guy guy uh, that—Robert Vince was the director, and um, I remember him yelling— many, many times, keep it real.
1: Like to the monkey?
0: To us. (laughs) (laughs) To us. To everyone, to everyone.
1: Keep this chimpanzee Mm -hmm. uh, snowboarding down a hill. (laughs) Keep it real. The scene where he actually snowboards down the hill is, I've watched it, a thousand times
0: well you got to watch mvp <laughs> he's he skateboards and he plays hockey and he skates better than the trainer so he gets away many times our lives are in danger at all times right at the whole time we're on the set and that was a weinstein movie no kidding i remember the. i remember yeah harvey that was talk about harvey was a very bad man and hard to deal with while we were doing that. Was that so yeah
1: just that he was what, hard, hard to deal he with. He was no. hard to
0: deal with. I don't think he was coming on the set and finding women or anything on a chimpanzee didn't movie. Play, but, didn't play but, grab but, ass but, with the monkey. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. It, was, it seems like he, that might be that much of a freak. But uh, yeah, it was, it was like, meh, there was a lot of back and forth, I remember. I remember it almost shutting down a couple times. I can't
1: believe he would... Well, I can't believe he was involved with MXP. Oh, with, with all due respect, but I can't believe. Well, yeah,
0: well, I well, I, well that's what I'm guessing. They're from the people that made Air Bud, so they're nothing but money, right? Oh, and really, if you're going to do movies, you want to make a lot of money, and why not do? You have to do the junk to do the to the <laughs> to do the good ones. Right?
1: Yeah, that's what's funny is that happens so often. I remember, what was it? Defamer, Gawker, maybe both of them when mm-hmm. those were in their real initial heyday. If you went to, there was a whole, it was a Gizmodo and a bunch of websites people really enjoyed. If you went to any of them on the left side of the computer screen, when people still use computers, it would have, here's the other things in our family. And uh-huh. all the way at the bottom was, oh, I can't fucking think of, Fleshbot. Oh, really? Yeah. And guess what was paying the bills yes, for Defamer, absolutely. Gawker. So yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. all that unusual that right, the girl with the pearl earring didn't pay for itself. Right, yeah, yeah. That was it all would, exactly, money.
0: yeah. That's that's the uh
1: yeah, that's the thing. So you just like auditioned for a bunch of stuff, and that's one of the ones that came through. Uh, I remember. I t- this is this is. <laughs> so I understand. Uh, I'm really prodding deeply into something you don't give a shit about.
0: I I, I, I I enjoyed it. I I remember thinking I'm playing hockey with a monkey. Right, this is fantastic. And if you actually, when you say, "How did you get it?" the story's pretty good. So, okay. Go ahead. So I sign with. Uh, so I I I'm on my fifth management company now. Uh, that was my third management company. And by that time, I had already figured out that they're all full of shit, right? So when they'd ask you, what do you want to do? I was, I was tired of that question. I'm like, if you've seen my stand-up and you've gotten to know me, you know what I want to do, right? So what do you want to do? I said, well, I would like to play hockey uh, in a movie, and I'd also like to work with a chimpanzee. And sure enough, two weeks later, would you like to do both? Oh, come on. And I thought, this is the management company that I should be with. I couldn't believe they could pull both of those things off. And not only yours, yeah. but every Canadian boy's dream. I'm yeah, sure. absolutely. Every boy's dream. <laughs> every, even if you couldn't skate, there's going to be a chimpanzee. I'll learn. I'll learn. Yeah, so, so I did the audition, and I said, you're going. So I'm like,
1: okay. Yes, and the rest is, uh, is Hollywood legend. Uh,
0: and and I'm, on number, I'm on management company number five. <laughs> so they weren't that much of a dream.
1: So your last name, what what sort of nationality would make you end up with the bag? Um, uh, from
0: what I know, it's Welsh. But mm-hmm. I've had a lot of people contact me on on doing family trees, and I could be Jewish. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you're like, huh, okay, it could be it could be uh, Scottish. Uh, that was kind of my guess. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I, I I think the Welsh is where my sister says it's from because she pays attention to the family tree.
1: It's interesting. There's like kind of two kinds of Americans, people like myself who tend to be from the East Coast who are know exactly where we came from. And Mm -hmm. it was already there was a four foot tall Italian lady making meatballs in the kitchen when you were little. And then there are like I had a girlfriend who was from Texas one time and i had been with her for a while, like a year. And I go, what what are you? And she said, what are you talking? I was like, what (laughs) what nationality are you? I can't believe I never asked you. And she was dumbfounded. She said, I'm white.
0: Oh. That's te- so apparently- that is a Texas answer, though. No. <laughs> that is a very Texas answer. <laughs> I am white, sir. And in her defense, she was. Let's cut my <laughs> wrist right now and see my blue blood pour out. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I can. I, I, I guess I'm kind of that way. My mom's Australian, so I, I had a very confused childhood because it was the Canadian family, it was the Australian family. The Canadian family was kind of awkward. And the Australian family was kind of cool criminals, and so it was a very it was a hard thing. So so I know that the Australian side is Italian off the boat from Italy, and I've been back to Little Italy and been to you know these things in Australia, and 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 where the boat came in, we've saw you know we see that everybody picks up a piece of wood. This must be it, and I'm like, no, that's brand new. That just fell off a tree. <laughs> so you know, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then the Canadian side. We don't ask too many questions. I remember the questions that made me stop asking questions. Uh, My grandma had a kidney removed by mistake when she was very young. Uh, I have a feeling she married my grandfather when she was very, very young because she had no family. So, it's one of those things where I don't want to ask too many questions.
1: I don't understand how that connects to losing Uh, a kidney. uh, Was that the dowry? No,
0: no, no. no. I'm just, she she was living in a place and they had very bad medical, so they thought she had a disease, so they took her kidney out.
1: Oh. So, I'm just
0: like, I don't want to know where grandma was, you know? I don't want to know. And then- and then there's the you know just the, grandpa oh, got her out of the hostel yeah, yeah. basically uh, I don't even know if it was a hostel I think it was <laughs> some sort of youth work camp yeah so yeah one of those things I so, see I see but my grandma was just just a I don't know she was not a nice person and she had the longest boobs I've ever seen on a woman longest
1: longest, longest. so you saw them yeah the well, well
0: well we had they had a pool so we'd go to there down and oh. she'd be in a bathing suit and I'm like oh my god grandma's got the longest she's looking she's she's touching the bottom in the deep end with her boobs
3: <laughs>
1: so. so you are canadian and i reached out to a bunch of canadian people listen to this show and uh-huh. i was like okay so what's the what's the scoop on this guy in um in canada and uh, yeah and and somebody said well here's the way it works he goes to america and he gets really really famous for 20 years and then we retroactively decide that we always liked yeah. him and um and, and they meant this as a compliment to you and they said and it seems like ian as well let us wait at that that is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome.
0: You know, what's funny is, uh, it, it, to be honest with you, my uh, when I go look at Instagram things, uh, Canada places third a lot in my following.
1: So you, America is number one. Uh, America's number one. Australia?
0: Australia is number four. Uh, Norway. Um, for some reason, I have a very, really good... Following in Norway, and you have no idea why. Uh, I've been there once and did shows. you performed? Yep, yeah. and they went well. absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing. That's, it was that's amazing. so cool. How yeah. does that
1: come together? Is that because you have a podcast? Uh, is that because
0: your stuff's on YouTube? No, I went with uh, Gabriel Glasis. Yeah, and we did. Uh, he's just popular everywhere. It doesn't matter where he walks Man. into. And uh, I went with him, and it was it was awesome. It was just they were just the greatest. I was just like, this is uh, pretty cool.
1: Oh, it can be like this. Yeah,
0: yeah well, this is uh, this is very interesting. Oh my, these people are beautiful.
1: Okay, all
0: right, and they've got a good sense of humor. Oh, I got to get out of here. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> are you was, Are you single? I'm not. Oh yeah, you gotta so get. So I fuck had to get. Yeah, there was a couple situations where I was just like, okay, I like my wife a lot. Were you all, Were
1: you always single as a when were you? No, both, were you I've,
0: I've been uh, married for five years. Oh, okay, single. and together for seven. So I had I had a lot of fun on the road. So. I, that's cool. I went wild. It went wild and crazy.
1: Because I talked to, I do the tiniest little bit of comedy, and I was talking to some established comic, and he, it, it took a second for him to compute that he mentioned something about oh, some girl somewhere, and uh, I said, well, I'm I'm married, and then like ten seconds later, he's like, oh, you're like like married, married, really, and this guy is, and this guy's single. Okay, but there's a lot of. It was sort of understood that if you were a comedian in a situation, you're nobody's married at a comedy club, and I was like, wow, this is. a-
0: There's some guys out there like that. No, of course I don't, there's I don't, some. There's I some. I don't, don't want to be. I don't want to be that guy. So no. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, you're not that guy. I can I'm, tell I'm, you, about I'm a that flirt. Guy. I love to flirt. It's. I'm. I'm a big old flirt. But now, am I? Am I chasing? No, not at all. Right.
1: So, even if it comes for you in
0: Norway. No, in Norway. And I'm talking, these people were stunning. Like, their eights were ugly. That's, you know what I mean? And everybody, they're just gorgeous. I was like, come on, stop it. And they were fun. And,
1: yeah. yeah. And then some reason, they took to me, so it was good. I can see why. You're you're likable. You're affable. When you want to be. When I want to be. Y- because when I watched some of your stuff, I was like, oh, this guy is um, very friendly. And then I saw other things where you were, uh, your crowd work borders on abusive at times. Never. You don't think so, no <laughs>
0: <laughs> only if you've said something that's annoyed me, uh-huh, yeah. okay,
1: let me rephrase that. You are willing to take risks with making not sh- like sharpish edge jabs at your crowd because you know it's funny enough that you can pull it off because so, other comedians I find pander to their crowd, and'm not, say, pander. I your, crowd, not pander. your crowd work doesn't
0: pander I don't think no i I don't i I say things that I think are funny. do I think they're hateful? No. No, I don't I don't no, I didn't mean do, to imply hateful. Do, do I do I try to be mean? Uh no, it doesn't come from a place of mean spirit. So, uh have I do I have the talent to be mean? Yeah. Yeah, I have got I have I have the talent to make somebody cry and leave. Yeah. Yeah, I know that I have that talent. You've
1: never flashed that though.
0: Uh probably about 10 times. Uh, (laughs) under what circumstances uh, just you know just being on the road and having somebody think they're much better than the situation and uh, see them treat the whole comedy night as beneath them and then you know take out the first two acts and them come off not feeling great about the evening and the club and the, you can feel a weird vibe yeah. in the room and they're ruining it for around people because, you know, that that aura that somebody gives off that this is beneath them and they're better than you. And I just go let them know that they're not. So, yeah.
1: Your crowd work is is exceptional. Oh, thanks. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I really I really mean that. I i ugh. I don't even want to ask you this because there's this weird sort of magic thing about, you know, like you can't ask a magician how they do their tricks and you can't film magic. I will have a nervous
0: breakdown if you ask me, like how to figure it out how to do it. I did this show called um, The History of the Joke. I think on on, uh, on I don't know what channel. I think the History Channel. It rings a bell. And they asked me, and you can actually probably get it and watch me fall apart at the begin from the beginning of the question, just to a sweaty mess lying on the floor, crying by the end of me trying to figure out how I do it. How you do crowd work? Yeah, well, because I don't own... know. I really don't know. I, mm-hmm. I I want when somebody when a young uh, comedian asks me that they want to do it, I say, if you're going to ask a question, you want the answer. You're not asking the question because you have a prepared joke.
1: Okay. Well, that sort of answers my question is some of the stuff that you do is so sharp. And frankly, I just find that a lot of, and I guess you could say this about movies and music and what have you, a lot of the people who are supposed to be like the greatest people, you they get the new special and you see it and you're like, it's good. Right. But I honestly don't understand why this person became so, so big. Maybe they just, yeah. maybe they're just in the right lane to appeal to a a, a broad category of people. I think it's kind of like popcorn. It just pops. You don't know why it pops. They're all
0: in the same grease at the same time, but some popcorn pops faster.
1: Yeah, that's true. And there, there's so many goddamn people who all sort of sit this, fit the same flavor profile. And, yeah, there's 10 guys that are right. kind of the same guy. And, oh, my God, I can only imagine how frustrating it is when you're – there's two guys who are the same guy and then one guy gets really huge. And the other guy's oh. like totally good too and he's just got to live with I, that for maybe ever. I, I'm
0: friends with both Ken Young and Bobby Lee. And I know for a fact that, that even though they weren't in competition with each other – it hurt you know when one one went big for a while and the other one went huge and then now the other one's getting it but but yeah it was watching the other person that you'd go to the audition with
1: oh and that's the thing that i think people forget about is if you're a type and mm-hmm. i think particularly unfortunately if you're a, an ethnic racial type then right. it really will be you will yeah. yeah if you're the tall you know six foot four blonde guy you're gonna see a lot of those guys you're gonna. Probably become on a first name basis. If you're the wacky Korean guy, I can only imagine how many times you see that guy. And Bobby Lee's yeah. done doing very well for himself. Yeah, neither
0: of them are, are bad. Like and neither of them are in trouble in any way. I'm just saying yeah. they <laughs> they watch each other, and like, oh, you know, like so. So yeah.
1: Yeah your your crowd work though. What I was getting to is, it seemed to me that a lot of it. I was thinking maybe this guy just has such a deep well of material that almost anything that comes up, you've just. Well, I used to do this joke eight years ago. That would kind of be perfect right here.
0: Um, a little bit, yeah. Um, I I like to I I, I like information, so I'm a little bit of an information junkie. So I will find information on the computer. I'll read a book. I'll read a newspaper. I'll watch the news. Books, you say? Uh, books, you say? <laughs> All right, you caught me. I'll listen to a book. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll just I I will I. I I'm, I can get caught on, on the wormhole, no problem, just spinning down on, on one particular subject, and sometimes I have to cut myself off on it. Um, I love all the, I call them opinion channels. I don't call them news channels. I like I like that. I like sports opinion. I like you know. I like HGTV. <laughs> I just want that's at that Home and Garden. Yeah, Home and Garden. I want I want to take something from there, so I know. So if I'm having a talk with you mm-hmm. and I've never met you before, and yeah. this is your subject, oh, I know a little bit about that. We're gonna, talk, we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk about herbs in a second. Yeah, so yeah. I'm glad oh, good. To hear that. Good. Oh <laughs> my god, I can't believe, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, I heard one time, and it always stuck with me, you, uh, if you are a thinking, uh, curious person, alt, you either become specialized or you become a generalist. At the end of it, your life, you either know everything about nothing or nothing about everything. That's funny. And I'm a nothing about everything guy, I'm, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you scratch people. People, You bring up any subject, and I can actually sound, for the most part, pretty well-informed. Right. For 30 seconds and the the follow-up question just ruins me right that's funny (laughs) that's really funny
0: i like to if i get up in a situation and you're talking about something i want to be able to be able to join that conversation Uh uh-huh i don't want to be the expert on that conversation i just want to be able to join that conversation that's how i look at it.
1: and you feel like that informs crowd work Absolutely, because you know a little bit about everything, yeah. and so and you're saying you're genuinely interested in the question that you're asking the person. You're not just teeing up the ball for yourself.
0: No, no, not at all.
1: Uh, you see a lot of that.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not saying I don't have jokes right. that go with things, but I consider um, it like stepping in snow. There's the initial footprint, but when you come out, it's huge. So the initial footprint can go in, but we don't know how big it's going to end
1: up. The footprint, right? And you never know when that one question yeah. to that one person so, is going to all of a sudden become the next twenty minutes, right? And you can't have, you know, it's no, a, right? You can't it's have a, that. A, yeah.
0: So, so it's I. I don't know. I I talk to people because I don't know where it's going to go. I don't um, talk to them because I know where it's going to go.
1: I respect that. How long? How much of your comedy is, like, m- made? And I think that there are some comedians who, frankly, are not very funny people. They just kind of got in the lab and figured out how to Absolutely. do it. And then there's other people who are just really fucking funny and needed to figure out how to do that on stage.
0: That's what I am. I'm fucking
3: hilarious. I no, gather uh, no. that.
0: I, am, uh, I, I truly, it took me, I wanted to do stand-up since I was about, uh, fucking, I don't know, about eight years old. And uh, I couldn't figure out how to get there because I grew up in a small Indian logging village in Canada. We didn't have entertainment. what uh, you know, province are we' talking uh, about British here? Columbia up near Alaska. so it was it was What's near, it, What's it? What? uh Terrace, British Columbia, and the closest uh, Alaskan town would be Ketchikan. Right. the closest uh, city in in Canada in British Columbia would have been Vancouver, and that would have been about a 15 hour drive. Yeah, way so, down there. Yeah. I
1: shipped a lot of CDs when we still had CDs to oh, Canada, times. so I, I kind of I, I, I became huh. familiar with town names. Oh, I like. it. Yeah, Regina, yeah. the city that rhymes Where, with fun. It yeah. was it yeah. rhyme you got to do that. Mick movie. Jagger said that one time. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> no, I didn't I know.
0: Y'all, they'll just ask him. <laughs> I just watched uh, last night. I watched uh, Velvet Goldmine. Oh, mean, I've been
1: wanting to see that.
0: It's so interesting that movie because you're trying to figure out. I guess it's a group of different guys that they've put together. It's as, Lou Reed. It's Iggy yeah, Pop. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. It's pretty interesting.
1: Uh, I was listening to Lou Reed, White Light, White Heat, the other day. Velvet Underground, same difference. And uh-huh. I was like, oh, right, I haven't heard this song in years, right? Cool, now I get it. He's, this is another song he wrote about heroin. And I was thinking, right. like, did, did Lou Reed ever... I guess a lot of junkies, that it just becomes their life, so it right. becomes as natural as writing about love or the air that surrounds them or something. Uh-huh. But was he ever like... Scratching for new angles on heroin? Or was he like, actually, I haven't written the heroin song for That's this album? <laughs> I haven't done the upbeat heroin. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't done the, the gang vocal heroin funny. song yet. <laughs> Jesus.
0: <laughs> Jesus. It's interesting how you, uh, some guys can just go on one subject. Like, a gaff again blows my mind. I'm like... Can you quit looking at food and talking about it? Does he just—is that you know, what he does? I've, he I've just managed to avoid him my entire life. Are you I know he has a little
1: voice. I, uh, I guess so. Oh, that's awesome!
3: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I didn't You're realize I wasn't. No, now. I'm very
0: happy about it. I hate when my friends become hugely famous. <laughs> Is he a friend of yours? Yeah, he's, well, he's, he's yeah, nothing to me. He's good, perfect. I'm going to let him know too. I'm going to oh, somebody yeah. didn't know you today. Text him right but now. Text, I, heard, he I, heard he, I heard
1: he does a voice. That's what I know about Jim mm, Gaffigan. He does a voice. I hear it's hilarious. I'm just his friend. I was a fan. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of heroin, the way that you yes. stand on stage reminds me of a grunge singer. Oh, you lean? Did nobody ever tell you this before? No. You, you, do you still do the lean on the microphone stand thing? Sometimes
0: I, I, I just whatever is coming out of me at that time. Does that just happen? I, I, my my manager now insists that I uh, take the crowd with power now, and I've talked him out of it because I don't feel. Crowd work should come from a position of power. I want them to want to talk to me, not be afraid of
1: me it 's interesting that you have a manager who actually takes an in like an active interest in what you do creatively he uh,
0: he 's great he drives me fucking insane, but he 's great. He was going to come today and he didn 't show up because somebody else had something more important. But uh Than this? The, oh, it's in Are this you kidding me? Booth? Than this well, four by six three, room? If the three of us were in here, and he was telling me to be more powerful, <laughs> <laughs> um, you alpha that fucker. <laughs> you take him down. You fucking make him cry. <laughs> Call him a cuck. <laughs> <laughs> um But but I, I I try to do it with without I like I hate really tall stages. Okay. When when you're really above the crowd,
1: yeah. I hate that. See, I like that. You do? I do. Why? Because I like talking at people, not to them. This is why oh, I'm a very yeah. bad comedian. Yeah, I'm that guy. You're that guy. You're yeah, giving yeah. a speech. F- oh, fuck yeah. Absolutely. And, I, and, and you know what? I, there's two ways I can go from here, Ian. I can either learn how to stop doing that or I can just make that work. And guess which one I've already decided on. It's making it work. That's right. <laughs> I like it. I'm, the, I'm more of a monologuist really. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's working for John
0: Mulaney. Uh, it works for a lot of guys. You yeah. should be very happy about it. Who's going to work out? You know who's not working out for? It? Me. Right? So <laughs>
1: is, your, is your career not going well? No, my
0: career's great. My career is Honestly, I just—you know how we all want the next level, right? Of course, that's that's, and I'm just having a hard time finding that stairwell to the next level.
1: I see. Well, you're at the Bray Improv this weekend. I, well,
0: no, I'm not complaining about anything that's going on. I mm. want more.
1: What's the next? Be happy,
0: never be satisfied that's what my dad told me
1: oh I uh, yeah okay I get that that took me a second I got that so does that mean you have to get a TV show to be happy or does no, it mean you just want to be a bigger stand-up
0: I want to be a bigger stand-up I, I want to I want to I want to I want more people to want to come see me and I want them to want to play my in my sandbox with, oh my sandbox with me that's what I,
1: there's so many goddamn comics now
0: yeah I don't that's a care. lot. I don't well, no 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 There's so do. many bad ones it's so it's the, still the same amount of good ones that's, i guess yeah that's the that's the thing
1: i just wonder sometimes like i i don't know why i pronounce the word sometimes that way Th- there are sometimes <laughs> there are uh it seems like basically a finite number of comedy clubs in america and canada and yet the people who are able to sell tickets and those seems like it almost doesn't seem like there's enough Saturday nights to go around for all of the comedians who uh, have the ability to, to tour Uh, there is so much out there yeah
0: there's so much out there if you went into I you know go into where'd you where'd you grow up in New Jersey so go home and just ask have you ever been to a stand a comedy club I guarantee you nine out of ten people will say no that's how little stand-up has act, live stand-up has gotten to people. So that mm-hmm. the, the crowds are still out there by, like I'm not saying masses, but they're, they're there. They are there, and podcasts are bringing out different people that don't go to see things. Uh, YouTube is bringing out people that don't go to see things, but the problem ne- Netflix is... Netflix
1: is bringing a lot of stand-up specials
0: into um, people's houses, too. Into people's houses? I don't know... I don't know... I guess so. Tom Segura became huge off of his his Netflix special, as well as Rogan's podcast. I think, I think it's a matter. I don't. I think stand up specials can stop people from going to see stand up. I get that. Right. Right. You can just as easily pop a bottle With, of wine and stay at home and watch. Yeah, you, you, you do. Well, what what would be different about it? At least we're comfortable here, and we don't have. Well,
1: to, not any different if you were coming to see me, because I was just going to do my monologue at you. but right, Entirely right. different if you come to see Ian Beck because right. you're actually talking to the crowd and There's giving a, a shit about what fantastic. they say back to you. Um, right, uh, but the electricity of being in the moment with you.
0: But uh, YouTube, the YouTube comedy stars are are creating this kind of television show on the on the YouTube. It's really not good, and then they want to come out and meet them. That's what's going on. Mm -hmm. So they're selling tickets. And this is the deal with the devil that comedy clubs are making? uh, A little bit, but the problem is they're usually really bad live. So people see them and never want to go back again.
1: And that's the deal with the devil is that they get them to come right to the club once, but they have such a bad experience right. that when they go, wait, now there's actually somebody funny and talented coming. They're like, well, I don't know. I've been to one comedy show and it stank. Right. Because it wasn't actually a comedian. Which
0: Which used to be the club would only book the best. That way the people that they have come out to see them would trust their brand without ever knowing who the comic was.
1: Right, and now it's... And now
0: it's... Who can sell tickets. We're rolling the dice. Right. Like, if I don't know this guy, why why should I come see him...
1: I mean, he's got this headshot. He's making this like face, this very super silly. He's got an eyebrow. Hey, he's got an eyebrow raised, like he's just yeah. like. I mean, can you believe hey. what's going on here? Hey, is this, is this crazy or what? Headshots are the weirdest thing ever. I've been putting off doing one because I can't figure out what face. Because there's three levels of, of of headshot. I feel like there's like everybody at the bottom level has just the like. Oh, I'm I'm generically wacky. Right, right. And then there's the middle people who have established a brand. Right. And then that's very like on brand. And then there's the super high level, like the Louis and Bills and bill Burr's word, they don't even need to smile in it or right. like like i would be beneath me for me to try to entertain you with my photo we'll save that for the show and they also always tweet like right i will be appearing at the orpheum theater yeah because they couldn't be fucking it's beneath them to write something humorous right they only do that in love the it if you game,
0: yeah, Woody, Woody, yeah 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 yeah
1: they say i you know
0: it's 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 it's, it's such a funny fickle little game yeah uh but i i i kind of curious though are comedy clubs turning into music venues from the 80s whereas they would sell their own tickets you know they'd have to the club basically was a four wall
1: oh the pay to play yeah oh yeah, the, yeah, which yeah
0: i feel like it's kind of becoming that
1: yeah i did that for people who are unfamiliar sure you can play at our club here's 50 tickets um you owe us Five hundred dollars. We right. don't care what you're actually selling the tickets for, right. but they're worth ten bucks each to us. And if you can't at least give us two hundred and fifty dollars, don't bother showing up that night, and right. don't ever bother calling us again.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like it's going that way. I really feel like it's going that way for Friday and Saturday nights in main comedy clubs. So, and you're up against that. Yeah, I'm. Up. I'm, I'm that guy. Huh? But just, I, I'm. I, well, what you brought, I'm, I'm close. I'm at that tipping point where I all of a sudden tell them to kiss my balls, and right now I'm, I'm still polite. <laughs> you know? Well, I'm rooting
1: for you. Yeah,
0: I don't want to tell them to kiss my balls. I just, I just want to have fun. Yeah. And some, you know, my, my schedule is very, it's very busy, very full. You know, I get mm-hmm. one week off here and there, and, yeah, and, and, and I love doing it. It's just, it's, and I don't know if it's because uh, I'm in my 20s no my am 40 yeah man, am I, a man f- really reflects when he's 27 yeah, years yeah. old <laughs> but but just just the different levels of because when, when i started in comedy i remember hearing about maximum that guys could make a week and now i i see my checks and then i go hey what, how much who's who's selling the most and they'll say a name and then they'll tell me a number and i'm like I remember uh, I was in Phoenix a couple weeks ago and they told me a a young lady came in and did seven shows and walked away with $150,000. And I was just like, wow. I'm
1: assuming that woman's not Amy Schumer. No.
0: Right. Close, though.
1: I'll say yes if you. I'm pretty much, I don't know, Whitney Cummings. I'm pretty much out of guesses. No. I like it. I like
0: it. I'm done with women.
1: I'm just I've had a very long day, frankly. I just I've had a lot of even
0: my wife yelled at me this morning. I don't want to talk about women. That's what that's
1: <laughs> exactly why. Right. So, Was she from
0: Texas? She must have been white.
1: Right. I have a a list of uh, really big questions really big that I ask people okay. when they come by here so that I can get to know them. Okay. For example, uh, Ian Begg, who's performing at the uh, the Brea Improv, the Inland Empire, this weekend. Have you ever had a paranormal experience?
0: Uh,
1: no. Absolutely not. Do you believe people have paranormal experience?
0: Uh, I think... I think... The, no, I think it's the brain. The brain is magnificent, and I think you... I. But I. at the same time, I don't know how people sometimes get other information about things, you know? Like, no. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, well, well suddenly they have a paranoia, and then they're like, oh, I I know that you, should,
1: you did this and that. And it was like, how did you know
0: that kind of thing?
1: But do you believe that they actually become Yoda as a result of getting struck by lightning? No. I think
0: I think the brain rewires.
1: I think that none of us rationally believes in paranormal experiences. No bright people do, but as I say, there's like there's no atheist in a foxhole. Right. It takes absolutely nothing to if you're in a room and somebody went to go to elaborate lengths to convince you, you know, with like uh, special <laughs> effects and stuff. Right. I'd love to see the guy who's actually like bullshit. <laughs> I I don't
0: know. <laughs> it reminds me a couple a couple weeks ago, I was on a plane and the, there was a guy and he was yelling at some people about how he's, he f- flies a million miles and blah blah. blah one of those guys and yeah. and he sits down next to me and he's perturbed. And,
1: oh God, you sat next to him?
0: Yeah, I sat next to him. We're, we're in first class. I was going to say you must have had a good seat to be sitting next to the guy set, who flies a million miles. Yeah, I was like I was impressed. I'm like, wow, I just. I just hit a million miles last year on one airline. That's pretty impressive, um, but uh, he was he was he was blah blah blah, and then and then halfway through the flight, we just the plane just fell, just yeah. fell, and coffee went everywhere. The the stewardess bounced off the off the ceiling, um, and he woke me up and he's he like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And I go, well, "We hit an air pocket. And we fell, you know." <laughs> and I'm like. Huh, didn't you fly a million miles? <laughs>
3: <Like, laughs> First air pocket. Shouldn't,
0: yeah, shouldn't you know more about what's going on than anybody here? Was, and but I sometimes feel like it's that's the person that's gonna say bullshit.
1: Oh, I thought you were going the exact opposite way with that—that that, that guy was is obviously highly suggestible. No, I would be the one. Like the guy, oh, he would, he would, he would be the guy going, and I would go, you know, fucking come on, man. You seem like a grounded, rational person. I no, always, always think when we hit the uh, the air pocket that one of the wings is going to break off. Oh man, I've never even thought about that. <laughs> think about it next time. <laughs> I never think that we're going to, like— You
0: do not believe in engineering.
1: No. I
0: don't—I I, kind of don't believe in flight, to be honest with you. Well, you shouldn't. It's like when they tell you about the bee. It
1: shouldn't fly, but it does. It doesn't make any goddamn sense, and right. every time—I used to—this is going to sound a lot—well, maybe it won't be weirder than it sounds. I used to have uh, cyber sex on AOL Instant Messenger with this, like, married I used guy. used to. No, this is AOL Instant Messenger. It's been discontinued. That's how you know that this is not true. (laughs) And it's very, very weird. But I I was really bored and I convinced him that I was a teenage girl. And we had this like I am relationship. I I would tell you, okay, if I was getting any sexual gratification out of it, I wouldn't be telling you You, this story at all. Are you,
0: you're just, you just, you love trolling is what you're.
1: I guess. I guess that's what it was. Right, I guess I just want to see how far I could take it. I don't have an an ongoing obsession with trolling. This is sort of an aberration in in my life. And then the guy started sending me photos of himself, which was really sad because they were clearly photos of his family that he had just like is before Photoshop. He like scissored out his family from the like. He had no (laughs) other photos that weren't him posing with his children and his wife, like Kmart back backgrounds and stuff like that. And he's bugging me to send him photos, and I'm saying, well, I don't have a scanner. And he goes, well, I'll buy you a scanner. So now I'm in it, because this is when a scanner was actually a valuable thing. And I'm going to, I'm in college, and so I'm, you, I'm going to my mailbox every day to see if this jackass has sent me a scanner so I can stop talking to him. Because you wanted the scanner. Yeah. That's what kept me around for yeah. <laughs> you you are an evil, evil person. I mean, I feel like we both got something out of the transaction. I think uh-huh. he's the evil one for leading me on, frankly, because I don't think there was ever going to be a scanner. Right. Did you get a scanner? Sorry. No, I never got it. No. Just, I have one now, but oh, <laughs> no, congratulations. <thanks> <laughs> Did you just brag about a scanner? 2018. I got a scanner. When you get really attached to something. It's like my parents never had the... um, Do you think he was a
0: man? Do you think he was like, he was just the boy and he was the son in the relationship and just cut out pictures of
1: his dad? I have never thought of that. In my entire life. And in that case, the cyber sex we had was the weirdest thing that anybody's ever done. Okay. Or at least anybody was doing it in 2001. It was, it was just,
0: it's just, I feel like everybody's lying in right. that situation.
1: I had never even thought of that. that yeah, Maybe there was some like was some, some was, like yeah. balding middle-aged man who's just like, who the fuck did this to the family <laughs> portrait? Mom's crying because <laughs> she has to buy that package she didn't want to buy because
0: exactly. the picture's broken.
1: I have fucking 35 oh. wallet sizes <laughs> that nobody
0: wants. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that they used to come with Many wall-
1: I know. I know. So we had. I had a conversation with him about uh planes, and he tried to explain to me how they worked. And I, I didn't believe it then, and I don't believe it now. I love
0: that he thought you were a young girl and you couldn't figure it out as a young girl. He, See, so I could still believe the young girl not believing it, but a grown
1: man. Don't believe <laughs> I'll, I'll believe it, Ian. But uh, that's funny because I didn't even realize until just now, looking at it retroactively, he was mansplaining. that's exactly what he was doing Yeah. no joke's on him I was an idiot man
0: Uh, (laughs) joke's on him
1: (laughs) the joke is on him Uh, (laughs) you know what's great if
0: if he's just sitting around wondering whatever happened (laughs) I wonder what happened to that girl that I used to right maybe he still searches for my Facebook oh my god did she finally get some pictures (laughs) (laughs) did she finally
1: get a scanner (laughs)
0: What was what was her hit, uh, what was the name that you created for this girl?
1: That is a fantastic question, and I wish I had an answer for it. I, I, I know I would have tried to make it Jessica Alba. I would try to make it as exciting as I as as ridiculous as I could make it, while still being in the bl- the bounds of plausibility. Right. So I know I wasn't Roxy. Right. You know because that's. That's absurd. Right. That's like what a kid in an eighties movie calls himself if he's posing as a woman. Uh I don't. I I honestly. That's interesting. So interesting. It was interesting to have cyber sex as a woman and just to play around with that. Yeah, clicking around the room in high heels. (laughs) See, you didn't actually need to play (laughs) to act it out. No, You got to do it. This is one of the things I'm not not having the scanner. You got to do it. (laughs) That I didn't have to. You got to do it. You got to do it. Um, I ask people commit. a lot of times, if you were a kid, what did you think you were going to be when, uh, when you grew up? But you always knew you were going to be a comedian, right? I
0: wanted to be a comedian. I just didn't. I, I, apparently, people knew before I even knew that I wanted to become a comedian. So
1: It was just in there for yeah, you? Yeah, it was just in there. Yeah, The Shining. Yep. Uh, on the other hand, if you had to reinvent had yourself and uh, keep a low profile, what would you do? If you could not do comedy, you had to disappear from the, from the public eye.
0: If I had to disappear from the public eye, UPS. My that? Nobody, nobody looks at the UPS, man.
1: <laughs> Not in the eyes anyway, <laughs> right? the eyes. Nobody
0: recognizes Seems it. Seems to be
1: cold in that truck, though, no?
0: Uh, I think it would be perfect. <laughs> Alone. <laughs> Do you, like alone. Being, do you like just Alone, just thinking to yourself, oh, that must be
1: horrible. <laughs> really? Are you one of those people who doesn't want to be alone with no, you? No, I like
0: being alone, but that that alone in a box delivering all day, I can overthink like a madman, so I wouldn't need that kind of. Like, I, I'm i surprised more truck drivers don't just snap and do horrible things.
1: I think a lot of them do.
0: A lot of them, but I'm surprised more of them don't. Yeah, I think big, like the big, whole thing. Big trucking just doesn't yeah.
1: want us to know about that. <laughs> just a convoy of murder coming across. <laughs> Guys are doing creepy stuff in their in their truck. Oh yeah. <laughs> Constantly. You ever like, been into a truck stop? You're like, what happened in here? Like I don't even want to say it, but when you're when your kid is in the back seat when my kid is is doing the the pull the <laughs> throttle thing, he's up there pulling something completely yeah, you're different like... that you you don't want your kid to know about.
0: <laughs> I know a comic that used to do a lot of driving. <laughs> he used to jack off while driving all the time.
1: See, I'm such a naive babe in the woods. For somebody who carried on. Yeah, you're a naive babe in the woods. I pretended I was a 14-year-old girl to try to get myself a scanner. I I believe I pretended that I was legal. I couldn't swear to it. I do have uh, I do have my own uh, <laughs> lines that I draw.
0: Uh, my fake people must be of age, but,
1: but um, and able to vote yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> here, here legally and, yeah. and um. Uh, I hear so much about people getting in accents because they're watching porn in their car, and I'm literally really? and I literally am like, why would you watch porn in your car? And well, duh, so you could fucking jerk off in your car.
0: <laughs> I've never heard
1: that. Yeah. So I'm even I'm
0: even more Bambi than you are.
1: Oh, you're just jerking off to your imagination the you drive?
0: No, I don't jag off. I'm too yeah. busy yelling at people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too busy being a dominatrix or whatever they're called. Do-
1: no, the dominatrix is a woman, right? Yeah, you would be. Yeah. Not a lot of, you don't hear a lot of, about dominators. Dominators. Is that what it be? Is that what it is? I don't think that's much of a market. It's just a yeller. <laughs> oh. you're more of just like an angry neighbor just, an angry, just,
0: just mad that you parked a little bit in my parking spot
1: i see you as that guy no i think canadianness suits itself to being uh, uh like fist shaking yelling old man no <laughs> canadianness <laughs> is coming up I'm going, <laughs> going <"What the> f-? <laughs> not doing anything
0: about it and just what the fuck Fucking guy, just, Fuck. just yeah, eating that, it. Yeah, just fucking down. I remember uh, we had a neighbor for a while and just kept parking in my parking spot, just always, just, just and his, just in like, there's four parking spots. Oh. And just taking them all up. And I remember saying to my wife, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him if he keeps doing this. And he actually died a couple days later. Awesome. And I was just like, I just yelled off the balcony. I, I just remember yelling off, let that be a lesson. <laughs> 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 to everyone that's out there, <coughs> I have the powers. What skill... Who's that guy with no socks?
1: Ian Bag. do you wish you had that you have not developed? Uh, compassion. I uh, know. <laughs> uh, um, I
0: wish... For what? Anything? Yeah. Um, like I'd like
1: to know how to play the piano.
0: Yes, I would. Uh, I... I When I do these tours sometimes and there's pianos, I just tinkle with them. I know very little. Like up on stage? Uh, yeah, I know, like they always have it pushed off to the side and I'll just go. Not at the go, improv. No, that one's been touched by too many g- gross people.
1: <laughs> the stage is not big and 75% of it is taken up by a piano. It's that bizarre, right? using, yeah, yeah, that's bizarre, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there some cool comedy history reason I'm not aware of that? Did Andy Kaufman take a dues on that or something? I
0: think they had a piano at the first one, but at the same time you go, well, couldn't you have more seats in here? You could make more money. Oh yeah, there's that too. Like that would be a smart thing to do, but I don't. I don't want to bring it up. They got to do their own thing. Yeah. Uh, I think pianos are just. uh, I would
1: like to learn how to fly helicopter. And that's cool. I went to an event one time that uh, Clint Eastwood was appearing at, and he casually mentioned that he had flown his helicopter to the event in Santa Monica from Carmel, up in central northern California. I just eighty-one-year-old man. Yeah, cutting people off. In the sky. Traffic.
0: Yeah. I would, uh, honestly, I'm going to go back even further because as I said it, I I wish that I, and I need to take a class, I need to take a resuscitation class, a CPR class. Because I would like to be able to save somebody if there's a situation.
1: Here's the problem with that. How old are you? I'm uh, 45. I'm 40? 40, mm-hmm. And things don't stick in my brain anymore. Oh, well, you might want to get that checked out. <laughs> That's not good. Just assume that this was a normal function
3: of dementia. Early,
1: (laughs) well, I was going to get to it sooner or later. Yeah, (laughs) I've always been a a (laughs) self-starter. I took a class for when my kid was born, so he's six, and if he was zero then, then I would have been thirty-four, and I took the class. And what were you supposed to learn? How to save his life? Oh, his yeah, or even theoretically a larger. A larger human that I didn't know kind? What kind of things were you going to try to save him from? uh, uh, CPR recessive. You You need to know that for kids? That doesn't really make any sense. Mouth to mouth. That's not CPR, huh? That is, yeah.
0: They give you the... But do kids have that problem? I was thinking about just... You got to get a hot dog out of their larynx. Oh, is that what that...
1: I think we did all no. of it. I just think we did the whole Where class. Where did you get
0: that? I want to take it.
1: Maybe you should take it again with me, because apparently kids... Apparently I need to take it every 18 months or so yeah. if I want to actually use it. Oh, man. Uh, Santa Monica? Just... They've got these things anywhere, the Red Crosses. I'm sure some Oh, knows. it's a Red Cross thing. Okay. Might have been. I don't recall. You know what this show may have done? <laughs> this, this show may have saved a they life. May have saved a <laughs> life. Yeah, we do that pretty much on a weekly basis here. Uh, what's the closest you have ever come to dying?
0: Uh, yesterday, in front of the improv- uh, somebody uh, decided to drive across the street, uh, and not look both ways. You know, in those streets that are crossing, and Melrose is a very, very busy street. Did you walk across and Melrose? Without, no, no, nah, um, but it was two cars, and one was flying, and the other one was flying, and they would have hit, and I would have been just because I was walking down the sidewalk. I would have been definitely. I would have been taken out for sure. So that was yesterday. I was just like, wow,
1: that's terrifying. I was just like, well, that was
0: close, and I was trying to figure out where, to, I, was, I was like, okay, just, okay, because it was so quick, and I'm like, well, I would have just, if I stepped in front of the light pole, I yeah. would have been safe there, but.
1: I love people who talk about what they're going to do when the shit goes down. It's the same as fighting. As
0: soon as you get punched, everything goes fucking different Everybody's ways. got a plan until yeah, they yeah. yeah it's, it's true. I don't right. know if you've been in many fights, but it it never changes.
1: I've been in the only real fights I've been in as an adult, the only fights I've been in as an adult have been like quasi sanctioned boxing matches. Do you box? No. You no, I, I don't I don't care for it to be honest with you. But Why we you? the other radio show that I'm on, we have like these like comedy. What's the other radio show, you're on? The Jason Ellis show. Oh, you're on Jason Ellis? Yeah. I'm I the didn't guy know who's that. not I'm the guy who's not Jason Ellis.
3: That's cool. Yeah.
1: Could be worse, and I and I box people in these comedy boxing events, but it's a joke because we don't know what we're doing. But right. it's a real boxing match, and yeah, you don't you you get completely exhausted because you you hold oh you, it's so quick because you you, uh, you 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 completely empty your gas tank while also holding your breath. Right, and you don't realize you're doing either of those things until the next day. Right. And and you know, whatever you thought you were gonna do, it, you d- don't watch the video. If you get in a boxing match, don't ever watch the video. I I've boxed because as pathetic as it feels in the moment, it looks that much worse uh-huh. when you actually see the the footage. Although if you've done real boxing, then maybe you did not have that experience.
0: I well my I remember the last time I fought was like boxing was I was thirty five mm-hmm. and uh, you know it was fun and games we were doing it and all of a sudden I just got tagged. Ah. Uh. And I was just like, I just felt the ice go down my neck, you know, <sighs> that that you're out, I'm out. And I'm just like, okay, I can't go out. I can't go completely out. So now I'm, now I'm just trying to not knock out.
1: Are you like sparring at a yeah, gym? Yeah, I'm sparring at a gym. Yeah. And
0: I'm sparring at Freddie Roach's gym. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, I can't go down and out in front of these people. Because we're only doing three rounds and, you know, so, so, and I just, I just, I'm just like, oh, I cannot, uh, I cannot fight anymore because this is not good, that feeling. And then trying to talk afterwards and make money it was just.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Then there's that I whole I yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. What's, That's
1: interesting. What's the closest you've ever come to killing somebody?
0: Um do 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 Um Explosives. I used to work in explosives and um I was working I wasn't my fault, but somebody put a lot too, it was a lot of explosives into something that should have had a lot less. So
1: I'm assuming you were doing something a lot more mundane, but to me when somebody says I work in explosives, I assume that they were a member of the A team.
0: Yes. We were <laughs> <laughs> Our van wasn't as good. It was a VW. <laughs> It's <laughs> <is> right. Uh, <laughs> I was working in a gold mine. Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, see. It's funny how I guess things that are somewhat commonplace in one country could be really right. exotic sounding. Say here,
0: <laughs> that's why when you said at the <laughs> beginning you said you said I'm gonna you, I got three letters to pick it out TNT. I thought that's what you were bringing up explosives. Right oh away. no no no, so no no no! I, I just, just wanted to know yeah. about the, the monkey. That's movie. funny. That's funny. <laughs> no, yeah, we, the guy I worked with was horrible. We'd jump under trucks all the time because he'd put uh, too much explosives in, and rocks would fly by our heads, and not knowing because I was in I was young, twenty twenty two year old kid. And just dumb as rocks, and you're never going to die at that age. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that. Did you get the gold? Uh, well, we didn't get to see it. We just got to make the roads. It was like a big. It was a big gold mine operation. Wow. Yeah.
3: It's like
0: cool. It was fun, and we just get hammered every night. Right. Yeah. 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 I assume as much. It was. Uh, this it was, it was the little, closest town was, um, uh, Hyder, Alaska, and it was just uh, about a mile down the road, two miles down the road. And we had to go through grizzly bear country, and then, <laughs> then we were in the town. And there was three bars, probably about eight hundred people. Uh, it was it was Hyder, Alaska. Is you can't get anywhere from Hyder, Alaska, so there's n- no real border guard at the Canadian border. Oh, I see. So it, it's, it's just fucking bedlam, and they make a Everclear, which is 180 proof vodka. vodka yeah. and. You just get hammered on that. I remember there was one girl that worked at the bar, and she—I don't even—I remember that, but I can't remember if she was hot or not, because there was one girl. So she may have been hot. She may have been not.
1: Yeah, that may have just been biology yeah, kicking in.
0: Yeah. So—and I remember one night she helped me pee, and that was— That was <laughs> the, the single most erotic experience I, of my life. <laughs> it was one—I <laughs> felt like king of the world, because there was nothing guy but guys there, and like, she touched my dick? Right? Jamie, wow. Cousins of, is, Jamie Cousins is a good looking man. I think she would have been all out over him. Of,
1: out of all of the uh, problematic incontinent alcoholics in this bar, <laughs> yeah. she chose me. She chose me. Well, I got to let you go. Thank you for coming oh, by. It has been a, me out after that one, huh? a real pleasure talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> turn off the lights. Let's go home. Uh, Ian, bag you are. uh Scorpio. You're at IanBag on Instagram You're IanBag.com Two G's comedy Facebook And National IanBag National Bag Radio
0: is my podcast If you like to listen to podcasts Uh I just talk to a friend in uh, St. Louis every week It's basically like this I don't do interviews Because it's hard to get people to show up on time yeah. So I hate doing interviews, and so I just talk about what's going on that week and have a good time. The stupidity.
1: It's at least you guys keep current. That's yeah,
0: yeah. Nice. And Instagram is mostly pictures of my dogs. That's what you're gonna find out there. I got two dogs. Got a French bulldog and uh, like a half half German shepherd, half Pitbull. bull.
1: That's yeah. some hot shit. I can't wait to yeah, check it. You should out. check it out. You will, you will
0: <laughs> actually, you will actually probably contact me to be my friend after you see that.
1: Okay, I look forward to my. Yeah,
0: that was a no. Fourteen <laughs> year old cyber
3: stalker man. <laughs>